0: Shoes and walking upstairs, and drinking water and finding paint, and jiggling keys and petting dogs and wrestling cats and joking with people, and occasionally chopping and cutting things with knives, and hearing the whir of sewing machines, and using cell phones, and trying to make things beautiful in the chaos some people don't see it that way and I get that that's their prerogative much like mine is mine I've been doing this six pictures a day every day for about a year or so now and I find it kind of hilarious because it's so unexpected I think to a lot of people that I as a painter have taken on such kind of an undertaking of being a photographer in addition to this, because there's a lot that goes into it. it's not cheap, etc, but it's real, you know Everything has a place. Everything is its own kind of reality, it's beauty. I'm exploring that. I'm working on right now this painting. Uh, major Taylor painting he was a black bicyclist he's one of the first from the twenties and i 'm not sure how it 's going to flesh out, but I do love it so far it 's all concept Tom 's yelling in the background because he wants to come out. but uh, yeah, good things coming. Just have to wait. We're gonna learn a word today. It's Los Lobos it means the wolves. I think the funny part about life and the art world particularly is like people have this weird idea that like artists, we all come together and like we do these things. The truth is like we, we really don't. Like uh, it's, it's very rare actually to see a bunch of artists kind of into outside of art school even like really even together or socializing or anything it's, they're they're little communities that occasionally pop out but for the most part we're very alone we're very alone and sometimes oftentimes very lonely so if you know any artists you should reach out to them they're probably very lonely um yeah wolfpack <laughs> the um yeah no i just remember like god there was just, like we were all inseparable in art school you know, they all made decisions and took places and disappeared and reappeared and went crazy and got married and had babies and all that stuff. Like, they've all, everybody's just doing now, you know? There's no, none of the rest of it. I miss that to an extent. I miss having artist friends who I can hang out with. We can meet up and just do stuff and do all that stuff. It's just, it doesn't exist really so much anymore. There's such a solitude to being creative these days. And then there's the golden hour, which was a thing I didn't realize until I was a photographer. Again, the golden hour is that time around midnight when everything hits like and everything's it's like magic. Or the creativity and everything just kind of flows and gets wildly just industrial. (laughs) The funny thing is the golden hour for photography is not the same thing as the golden hour for, like, I guess, Japan, what they consider the golden hour, which witchcraft considers the golden hour, Uh, because theirs is, like, daybreak, where mine is more, like, 11, probably, like, midnight to 1, and I thought it was weird at first because I was all like, "I need to be creating all the time. I'm wasting precious hours. I shouldn't just be painting for only two, two to three hours ever. That's insane. What is wrong with me?" And then I found out most artists, who are famous artists, all kind of did the same thing. Those day jobs and lives and families. I've talked about this before, but I just keep trying to just re instill all of it to the artists I know, because I feel like they beat themselves up, and because we're never around each other, they don't talk to other artists, they don't learn, I find it funny how, like, YouTube is where most of us, like, actually really interact with each other, where typically, you know, that's where we become these popular kind of groups of weird little individuals who come together, and, you know. It's just funny. That's how we learn about all this stuff. That's how we learn about paint. That's how we learn about techniques. And it's how we really interact with each other. It's funny, we made our own networks when we didn't have real networks anymore. It's a a strange little area of the world in which we base ourselves. But on the other side, there's lots of other things we could be doing. And so we will. We'll find our ways. We yeah, always do. That's a painter's eye Resourceful. Building stories are a bit more crazier than some of my childhood art kid stories. So you know, sit back and enjoy yourselves. <laughs> uh, I accidentally almost killed myself once. I was I was just really tired and kind of beat, and so there was. sorry I'm driving, people can't drive here, they're very bad at driving here, this guy pulled in for some fucking reason, came in the parking lot the wrong way, and then he angled his car in a way that I couldn't actually, uh, move my car out, so I had to kind of go in a circle to get around him, and then he looked at me and he kind of smiled and, you know, I fought the urge to give him the fingers, (laughs) so... Um, where was I? So. I'm killed myself. I was very, very poor. And it's not funny, actually. Uh, I was super poor, and I barely had money to live in my place, let alone eat food. I had almost no food, money for food, period. So I was eating kind of scraps and leftovers from Pantry from a food pantry that was at my job, so I was eating a lot of kind of expired lettuce and old potatoes that I shaved the spuds off of, and bags of nuts and fruit, dried dried nuts and dried fruit and stuff like that, and uh, occasionally like kombucha, and it was just and uh, occasionally damaged uh, canned canned items and boxed teas that were smushed a little bit. And so they were credited, and so I could have them. And I'm making all this food with with, uh, rice that I had to pick the stones out of, and just vegetables that honestly probably no one should have eaten. But I was hungry, and I didn't have much of a choice. And labels that had been taken off of what I assumed was pasta sauce, but it could have been pizza sauce. I'm not sure. Um, so I'm eating and I'm doing stuff and I'm kind of sick at this point. And by kind of I mean I'm very sick at this point. Uh, kind of a gray color, as Alec has described me. So when Alec first met me. And I fall asleep on my couch. After cooking something. And I'm just boiling some water for some tea. And I was so tired that I moved it off of the burner. But I forgot to turn the burner off. But my window was open to my kitchen. So I woke up after about three or four hours on the couch. uh, In a weird position. So I woke up because I, I apparently gave myself some type of sleep apnea type of positioning so I wake up gasping for air and then I can't breathe very well so I walk I'm, I'm very dizzy and I open up a couple windows and I walk past the kitchen I notice that the pilot light for the uh, stove is, is out now or the, the burner for the stove light is out and so I just hear gas turn that off and then I go sit outside and just kind of throw up a little bit I guess is kind of the right way to describe it just dry heat for a little bit and just kind of sit there for a while coughing into a t-shirt at like 4 in the morning and after about 30 minutes I felt like I turned on my air conditioner I went back in and turned on the air conditioners on and all the fans on and then I just kind of I started cleaning up, and that was how it kind of all went. And then, after that, I, I kind of eventually got, got up from where I was, and because I was sitting on the floor, just feeling kind of sad, I got up and I, I started painting. And I started painting that painting I did of Marley uh, as a baby, a blue baby in a, uh, in a bunch of rose flower in a flower bed, basically, and that was kind of how that originated. And after a couple hours, I made myself some tea very cautiously and stood in the kitchen and waited for it to boil in a in a tea pot. <laughs> know why I had a weird pause there, like it was a strange thing, a teapot, and, um, and then I I went to work, and I think like periodically throughout those that year or so, I had a lot of kind of respiratory issues, and I felt like my heart was like cracked, <laughs> and just everything. Being an artist is very difficult <laughs> Being an artist in the beginning, In, the, in the, the starving years is, is extremely awful Like I don't recommend it If you don't have to live that life Like please don't glorify it And make it sound like it's great Like I'm glad that I make all the beautiful art That I make now And I, I've lived through my pain And I, I understand it And I, I think about it sometimes And I, I, I walk it back into seeing all the different places In which I've gone but ultimately like It's it's really difficult Like I don't want you to not be an artist Little Art Babies My little Billy Arce I don't want that But I want you to know that Your suffering is Not It's not alone You're always welcome to contact me And talk to me in any venue this pops up, write something, and I promise you I will at some point in time get my my fingers on it and write and and comment. I'll either verbally say something to you this way, or I'll write you an email. You can always email email me at juara three one eight zero at gmail dot com. J A W A R A three one eight zero at gmail.com it's just you gotta reach out you gotta take that first step and then the rest becomes less it's hard we're not living in we're not living in the uh, bohemian era of France anymore there's definitely a bohemia somewhere out there if I had my way, I'd start a new renaissance of bohemian artists Where we all lived in these big kind of groups And we all helped each other And we all did all these things Without all the, the diseases and the problems that people face When they live in close quarters With very little electricity and bad water And just everything that can be horrible I Keep thinking of like the Moulin Rouge type of thing but he's got tuberculosis or so whatever. We've all, we've all been went, been messing with each other and so on and so forth. Like I don't, I don't want that for you. I want you to be able to be, I want you to flourish. That's what this is about. This is about all this exists so that we all flourish. I love you guys. This is a uh, crazy episode. I don't know how else to put this. This is a crazy episode. I'm not a fidgety person, but standing still feels like madness. So I'm setting up for the show. It starts at 6. It's 5.26 right now. Well, it's like 5.10 five, right now. got going to drive over there, get everything going, and then sit and wait. It's a closing show, so it's probably not going to be as busy as the last one, which makes me a little sad. I'm scared I'm just going to be sitting there by myself for several hours. But you never know. Maybe this will be... Fantastic. I fear sometimes that the world forgets us as soon as they see us. Like they look away. Like that episode of Doctor Who. Yes, I watched Doctor Who at one point in time. Don't nerd bash me. (laughs) And uh, they couldn't remember seeing these things. So they were making tick marks on their arms. I'm worried. I'm one of those forgotten artists, already. Wish me luck. So I wanted to give myself a couple of days to tell you, to really kind of breathe in the show and the closing show and explain how I felt. Ah, deep breath okay so I love the people who showed up thank you so much my brother one of my best friends Tina and my sister-in-law who is awesome Justine and my wife of course and they showed up to the closing show and that was really cool the downside was because the closing show was so because people mostly kind of just popped in said hi and then left the closing show was actually kind of only. Which sucked. Um, I guess because I expected... Because the, the opening show had so many people. In comparison, the closing show felt very kind of lonesome. Which is fine. I mean, closing shows aren't meant to be really like boom, 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 pow. But I'm, I'm glad I could talk to some of my friends like Glenn and Alec. And just to give me perspective. Because I thought I was feeling selfish at first because I wanted the closing show to be so full of people. Even though it had a really, really good show. Like I sold like 15 paintings, so it was a good, good show. Uh, I'm actually delivering one tonight, actually. And so it was good. Everything was good. I just, you know, it bummed me out just a little bit. So, I'm sorry. I don't really know what's in store for me next, honestly. I think I'll try and do maybe, like, a couple festivals. Some people have asked me, you know, do you think you'll do, like, maybe, like, an outdoor festival? I'm like, I don't really know that my work really works for outdoor festivals because it's so big. Like, if I do a bunch of small pieces, probably, then an outdoor festival sounds fine. I'm not sure, though, that I want to do any outdoor festivals. They're kind of, they're a little chaotic and you can't really control how they work. Just hundreds of people all of a sudden and you're expected to kind of stay in one space and then get people to like talk to you and take everything in etc and that be can be kind of difficult sometimes so I'm gonna think about it I think it's probably the best way I can really deal with it maybe I'll go half on a. if I do an outdoor festival I'll probably do half on a booth with a friend of mine because they're kind of expensive. Like uh, an outdoor festival is typically around like to participate in an outdoor festival, and this doesn't count like all the stuff you need to bring with you. About three hundred dollars for a booth, and then you know there's tables and lattice and overhead covering and all that stuff. So there's it's a bit of a uh, it's a bit of a um, investment that you may not get back. So, I don't know. I kind of like... One of the reasons I love doing big work is because, one, I can charge more than enough to cover my fees on one painting. And then, two, I like painting big. I always have. I always will. So, it's a bit of a kind of a strain sometimes to paint something small. But, I mean, I can get back into it. It's just weird, you know? Like, you do all these things and you find yourself kind of in these places and then you don't know suddenly whether you made a good choice or a bad choice or anything of that nature i know that sounds wishy-washy but it's true like you you don't know whether the investment is good or not and i realize for some people they're like oh you got to take a chance and it's like yeah but there's a certain point where like taking a chance to, there's just you taking a chance and then knowing you're throwing money away so trying to figure it out. All right. So I'm here. Get to meet cool guys. I'll see you guys later. I am in search of a rhythm. I'm in search of a rhythm that keeps me kind of... Moving forward. Except my rhythm's more like... Like an ocean. I'm trying to see what the next factor is going to be. Where the next... The next big, the next pond I turn into my ocean, of ink. my subject matter, my quintessence, my, my overbite. I desperately want to compose it and then just ride that rhythm. My last one honestly was about my, my passing daughter. And that was kind of my pushing drive now, then. And now I feel like I'm at peace in a way about that, which I didn't think I would be, honestly. And it hurts me a little to say that, but I saw several children this week who looked like my daughter if she had grown up a little longer. She had lived to see everything that she could have seen. I'm like winching my back right now as I say this because I'm a little in pain still from why I threw my back out before the show and I took stuff and I kept going and I muscled through and maybe that's why it bummed me out so much that the show was kind of lonely because I was in pain you know I guess I guess I could deal with it if I wasn't I had been in pain but it was and then I was harassed by some stupid idiot who kept trying to kind of bother me it was annoying and I just didn't want to be bothered with it. I wanted to be left alone. I wanted to be talked to by people who were interested in my work and I got a few compliments as I was pulling it down and that was kind of cool but I also wanted to be left alone to just kind of mope in my my feeling of sadness and I was kind of harassed instead harangued if you will so I'm trying to figure out what my next show is going to be about not even where it's going to be, or how I'm going to mount it, or any of those natures, because I don't think like that is an important factor to focus on when creating uh, when creating a, what's the word, a collection, that's a good word, when creating a collection. So I'm just trying to figure out what I want it to be. I don't know if I want it to be heroes. I don't know if I want it to be villains. I don't know if I want it to be nightmares. I don't know if I just want to let it happen organically. I just don't know. I find it funny that like the ones with the animals are the ones (laughs) with the animal heads are the ones that really grabbed a lot of people. Like they they didn't care how much they cost. They were just like, this is what I want This is how I find my passion This is what grabs me And I wanted that So badly when I made them So I'm glad that it's It's become that way now I'm going to find myself again In this kind of river muck Of a time It's where I get all weird talking in, in rhymes and riddles again I want to find myself on this kind of path where the stones are turning into water and the water turns into a mountain and the mountain turns into a sky and the sky becomes a big beautiful bird I want to be all these little kind of minutiae. these innocent but not innocent ways of reflections where you see yourself in a mirror and a mirror is behind you and you see yourself over a dozen million times I want to find myself in an ocean of candy surrounded by a pool of, of tea I want to be the goldfish made out of scrap metal So strong and so small That I build an ocean of rest around me So that I look huge That sounds pretty cool (laughs) I don't know, I want to cultivate I want to find my purpose and my place The eyes are watching me now And so I gotta make a good show of it I don't know that they ever noticed me before, but now they do, very strongly. So I gotta, I gotta really step up, I gotta develop film and dance in the garden of strangers and give them rhymes and riddles about the essence of how I came about to be a painter. Which is funny because I don't think anyone cared before that day. And now I am the name on their lips. It is something else. Utterly, completely, and just excellently. I'm going to bring them a new kingdom of ink and paper. Like the world has never even thought to think of. And in that, I'll be free. I'm going to find the best parts of all the things that I should be doing, and all the things that I want to be doing. And when I stretch, I'll feel the earth under my toes, the magma under that, and the space of the universe when I stretch my hands out. I just want you to bear witness to my next big thing. And maybe I'll find it as soon as you do. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. It's been very, very deep and touching for me. So I hope it felt that way for you. This was the Painter File Podcast version 2.0. I am Joara Blake, as you already know. And this is me signing off. Ciao. Painter out. See you next week. Or a week from then.